Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance card. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. Adam Ronis, I'm sorry to see that you are not the $1.7 or $1.9 million winner who had the Tiger Woods bet. Yeah, it was not me. Uh, Good luck to or good fortunes for the guy who put down 85k on Tiger Woods at 14 to one and won 1.19 million dollars. Now FanDuel, I don't know if you saw this because you don't. Well, you don't play DFS golf. If you put a thing in their 15 dollar eagle, uh, if Tiger Woods won, you got your money back. Yeah, I saw that yesterday. I just got I my money back. I'm like, cool. That. I didn't know beforehand, but I saw that after they were talking about how much FanDuel was going to lose, and I was yeah. like, wow, that's why would they do that? Well, because they wanted people to play, right? They wanted to get you in, and it got you rooting for Tiger. And I, I honestly think that people thought Tiger could compete. I don't know whether anybody thought Tiger could win. I only had him on like two out of 20 of my teams, Ronas. Yeah, but 14-1 and one is odds are pretty, or, you know, decent. It's not yeah. like it's a, a crazy long shot. So I would think that means, I guess because it's Tiger Woods and it's public bets on him. So that's right. probably why the odds... We're at that number. And I, I, look, I think for FanDuel, this is money you don't, I mean, look, you never want to lose money, but I think this is good money to lose, right? You got people playing, you got people on, you got people to try your game. So you had to refund the money. I get it. But maybe next time I'll play FanDuel and I'm thinking about DFS golf. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we've seen these companies kind of do these PR moves. You know, PointsBet has done it a couple times for SportsBet where they refunded with any controversial calls in the game. They did it for the, Saints Rams game so it's good PR and it will probably get some people at least to go to the site so uh, obviously it saved a lot of people uh, some entry fees if they did not cash yeah I put six teams in and you know what now I'm like all right I'll put I'll probably give those six teams back this week that's how I know you know it's like found money I'm like all right let me play this week let's see what I can turn it into but look I think they have to do a lot of competing and I think that with sports betting now you know, FanDuel, they just, I just got a thing where if I play three $5 or more tournaments between Monday and Sunday, they'll give me another 5 bucks on top of that in my account. I think they're trying to do anything they can to get people. Yeah, and, you know, you know, DraftKings does it a lot with their sports book. They have different offers, and, you know, that's what the goal is, is to get people on the site. And, you know, and I talked about this with DFS with Yahoo, and they got me over. They were running tournaments with no management fee no rake so of course i appreciate that i'm going to go over there and play so i think you do come up with different ways to draw people over there and once you get them there you hope that they stick and i think that's the ultimate goal for them is you know to do things that users appreciate and get them to continue playing on your site I think the only thing fan versus DraftKings, DraftKings has these crowns that you can get, and I, I get a lot of these tickets for like quarter entries. But FanDuel gives away. I literally got a thing for an NBA. It was a seven dollar and seventy seven end entry that I could have won hundred k or something like that. That was much better than DraftKings. 
Yeah. So there's different ways to do it. And I think uh, both sides are trying, obviously, to, to get a lot of people over there. And obviously, FanDuel gets a lot of headlines, too, because it's talking about how much they lost. But, but at the same time, it gets them out there and their name gets mentioned. And they hope that people come over and play on their site. Absolutely. So speaking of Tiger Woods, I don't know if you watched any part of it. It's just amazing. It is amazing how this guy, I mean, forget all the the problems, and there were a lot of problems between the drugs and the cheating. I get all that. But just from the from the injury standpoint, I mean, the guy couldn't sit down. His back was fused. He had pain shooting down his leg. And trust me when I tell you, I, I get that, Ronas, because I have that too occasionally. It's like, you know, to that this guy at 43 years old is winning the Masters is just mind-boggling. I mean, congratulations to him. Yeah, for sure. And I actually did want to see this uh, because, you know, I'm not a huge golf fan. But anytime there's a big storyline, and especially the Masters, you know, I'll follow it on social media and then say, okay, time to tune in. And obviously I was out playing softball yesterday, then came back, shower, went out to eat. And I didn't realize it was ending so early. I know they had weather the rain, issues. The they rain, pushed yeah. it up. So I was actually watching it on my phone in the car. Like I saw the last right at the end where he, he won. So I just caught the tail end of it, which was kind of unfortunate. But I was following it on social media and saw how close he was and saw the odds going up. So, uh, you know, I saw the interview after when he was presented the green jacket. So there was a lot of people, though, that were actually hating on Tiger Woods. And I don't understand it. Like, these people sit here and act like their life is perfect and they make every pristine decision throughout life. And, yes, you illustrated some of the falls of Tiger Woods, but this is more of the sports aspect and coming back and being 43 years old and not winning for so long and going through all those injuries and persevering and winning. Like, I don't understand how you can't enjoy a moment like that, even if you dislike the person. And because people done. can't separate the person from the player. And, and I think, look... Maybe he's a dirtbag. He cheated on his wife with a thousand different women. The average guy does too. The guy, right? Who but works, I mean, this guy. Well, this was like, I mean? yeah. No, I get you. But this was like way over the top. I mean, this was like with any girl who had a, you know, a pair of breasts and and was a cocktail waitress. Come and on, I think, man. But come on, a lot of us would do the same thing if we no, had money. That's true. It's easy to sit here and say, no, no, I'm not I even judging. This, that's not my argument. Right. No, and my I argument don't. is the drugs and look. But the players, his his play was. He did things yesterday that other guys didn't do. Now. You didn't watch it. There was a hole that was the, the pin was in the hardest spot ever. That it just was right over the, this water. But if you didn't get in the right spot, it rolled back. He went and he shot it the entirely different direction and played it safe. When every other idiot tried to go after the pin, well, he, everybody else their their ball went into the water. His didn't. That's why he picked up two strokes. He just played smarter than everybody else. Right, and obviously that's a big part of golf as well is the the mindset and deciding, you know, intelligence and physics are very important. And did you ever think he would win another major? I, you know, the answer, I don't know the answer to that. The answer is maybe because there are some days he plays really well, but I didn't know whether he could do it over four days and his driver is a bit of a, is a, bit of a wreck. The driver is, you know, the first club when he takes there. So, but his irons are great and his chipping is great and his putting is great. So... I didn't know whether he could do four days of driving. So when I did my 20 teams, I had him on two teams just because I wanted a piece of him, but I didn't put him on eight or 10. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, and what was his ownership percentage? It was low, right? Uh, yeah, it was like around 20%, I think. Oh, I was check. it that? Okay. Yeah, because it's Tiger Woods and everybody knows Tiger Woods. So people, it wasn't have, crazy so people have been burning money on Tiger Woods for years then? Oh, yeah. I mean, people love burning money on Spieth. Do you know how much money people burn on Spieth because of his name? 
Right. I mean, yeah, we see that in every DFS sport. But golf is worse because golf right. people only mm-hmm. knows, know a few names, right? You know Spieth, you know Tiger, you know Dustin Johnson. You just play those guys. That's why people like me and Burgerson, if you know a guy you never heard of, we get a shot to win because you never heard of this guy. Right. No, it makes sense. But, the, you know, my wife and I rarely, rarely fight. But we had a big one yesterday because the Masters was on and she wanted to do this project. And I start doing this project with her. And like 10 minutes into it, I realize that this project is going to take an hour. And I go... Can we do this any other time today except right. when the Masters is on? She's like, fine, I'll do it myself. And I'm like, I'm like you got to be kidding. I'm like, how many times a year is the Masters on? Once. Tiger's in. There's like four holes to go. And you want to do this project. I'm sorry. I can't handle it. Did she understand eventually or no? I th- no. <laughs> Who knows? Like no. Okay. Who knows? I mean, we eventually, you know, uh, you know we, we, the, the anger dissipated. But I mean, for that half hour, I don't think it was pretty. I think it was, you know, I'm selfish. Do what you want. Don't worry about me. Blah, blah, blah. You know how it goes. Runs. Yeah, and you know they said, CBS said that Tiger's Woods Masters was the highest rated morning golf broadcast in 34 years. I got to tell you something. If the Masters has learned anything, I think they should put the final round at 9 in the morning. I think they'd have more viewers from 9 to 2 than they would from 2 to 7. Do you think so? Don't you think? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what... The- I mean, I know there's church... You know, people come back. I guess you lose that crowd, but I don't know. Three to seven. I sometimes because then it goes into it goes late at night through dinner. I don't know. Sundays are tough because that's usually is a big family day, whether like you said, church or taking the kids out, some soccer or little league game. So <sighs> it's kind of tough to really, I guess, get a great time on a Sunday. Yeah. Why is why does it seem different during football season? Uh, it's winter. And it's later in the season. It's not as warm. I remember right now, it's really beginning. You're getting the nice days. Uh, it was pretty warm here yesterday on the East Coast. So this is like the beginning. And it, it, you know when it is warm the first few times, like the kids just run out. Like the other day, it was really nice and so many kids at the park. Right. So I think it's, you know, April is tricky. But, you know, you get that first Sunday or a, or a very nice Sunday and people – Realize, oh, summer's almost here. Let's get out. It's warm. We haven't had this in three months. It's been cold, rainy, and, you know, people just love to go out. And then football season comes, and, yeah, you might get September, but then it's kind of winter, and you're indoors. Right, but November, December, it's cold in your home, right? And a lot of people, the hardcore, plan their Sundays around the NFL. Well, the NFL is just the king. But I'll say this. When there's CBS, any channel that covers golf, their ratings go through the roof when Tiger's in, in play on Sunday. Oh, of course. They want him to be competitive. Everyone yeah. does. And, you know, let me tell you this. Maybe I, I think I'm dead on with this, Adam. Even when Tiger was a train wreck, golf was not as popular. These golfers are making a whole lot more money with Tiger on this tour. They are more successful with Tiger than they are without him. So as much as they may dislike him, they might, whatever it is, they have to rally around this guy because he brings a lot of money to this sport. Yeah, I probably would not have tuned in as as I try to if it wasn't Tiger Woods, to be honest. You know, when I saw that he was in the mix and had an opportunity to win and knew that he had won a while, I'm like, okay, I kind of want to see this. I want to see how this finishes. Uh, if it was some other golfers, I probably would have, but I probably wouldn't have been so quick to try and find that streak. Right, that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, look, Roy McIlroy and Jordan Spieth are great players, but they don't bring the attention like Tiger does. And when Tiger's there, there's more sponsors, there's more money, there's more opportunity, there's more money for the little people. I think he just brings everything to the sport. And honestly, I want this guy, if I'm a golfer, I want this guy playing until he's 50. 
Oh, of course. It only helps the whole sport. And then obviously that can trickle down to other golfers as well with more people watching it and uh, it being more that people are looking for. So, yeah, I definitely think the other golfers certainly want him there, too. They don't want him to win, obviously, but they definitely want him in the mix. It helps. Well, I don't know if you saw Michael Phelps was there rooting him on. Did you yeah, see that? I saw, a, I saw a clip of that with him, like right behind him. They had like, right a behind picture. him. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but you got to think that Tiger's forty-three. I think he could play at this level for the next maybe three or four years. Well, I guess a lot's going to come down to body and how much does the surgeries he's had wear on him. Well, that's, Jack that's Nick, Jack happen. Nicholas wanted forty-six, so I've got to think that Tiger would like to have one. You know, maybe by forty-seven or forty-eight. After that, you gotta you gotta be done, right? Right. What is he? Three majors behind him to tie him, I think. Right. Yeah, that's gonna be tough, dude. Yeah. I would have said this. Gary Player it was in the ESPN. Gary Player thinks that Tiger would easily have had twenty majors had he stayed healthy, and I totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. Yeah, I think most people would, right? Anyone who knows golf would say that that would be the tr- case. That is just physically, you know, his body just wore down and had all those surgeries. Well, yeah, because what happened was in the old days, he was hitting 50 yards farther than everybody. But now people are hitting farther than Tiger. Dustin Johnson hits at least 30 yards farther than Tiger easily. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. Yeah, so I think in the old days, before he got injured, he would have had he was he was that big guy, and now they're changing courses for him. So I just think it's an amazing story. I think you know with FanDuel promoting Tiger the way they did, the guy winning close to two million dollars, you know, and we're talking about Tiger. It's just you know he is the Michael Jordan of golf, for sure. And uh, yeah, I think it's a good story. I was just actually surprised though at how much. Haiti actually got on social media, and people started bringing up his mugshot. I'm like, come on, man. That's the day you do it. Like, cut, don't appreciate stuff in sports. I mean, it's a good story, whether you like him personally or not. There's a lot of guys in sports that these same people root for that are not good guys. It's, you know, sometimes you have to kind of separate those things. And the story of Tiger Woods persevering and coming back from what he has dealt with physically and, and been counted out. You know, no one ever thought he'd win another major a lot of people didn't so i think that was what the story was and you can bash him and disagree with everything he's done outside of golf that's fine but i don't think yesterday was the day to 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 vomit on that well it's like when you go to a player you suck well do you suck as as a person do you suck as a player I mean, it's, it, I, I think it's, it's sad that people can't separate the man from, from the golfer. I mean, the golfer, he's, he's a tremendous talent. You don't have to like him. You right. don't have mm-hmm. to root for him. You have to respect his abilities. It's, if you don't, you don't have to respect him as a person, but you have to respect the player. Right, and if you don't, if you, don't you know, don't, just don't say anything. Don't, like, tweet out images of his mugshot from his arrest years ago. Like, come on. Like, that's not the day to do it. And also, people reform. You know, look, maybe he was a dirtbag years ago. And, and I'm ready to say he was. I mean, we, we, you could go through it. Maybe he's reformed. Maybe he's better. He looks like a better dad now than he's ever been. He said that he's a better dad now than he's ever been. He wasn't even there for his kids. But you know what? When you're not feeling well, it's hard to be there for your kids. I always say this, and I'll continue to say it. Everyone can sit here right now and say, well, if I had that money and I was him, I would do this and that. You have no freaking idea because you would be a different person. As much as I'd love to say I'd have the same mentality now as if I was a baseball player with a $100 million contract, 
I have no idea if I would. I would love to say I would, but I don't know that because your environment and the way you are living life completely changes. You're not living the same life that you are now. And if I was an athlete, am I living in a one-bedroom condo? No, I'm not, right? <laughs> right. So I'm going to have a different circle of friends. I'm going to be in a different environment. I you wouldn't even talk to me anymore. Yeah. Who are you? I wouldn't exactly. even have known you. No, but, <laughs> and, but people like to always judge in their current situation with, oh, if I had $100 million, how would I be? And it doesn't work like that. Right. Does, you're not, you're not the same. Right. You're not the same person. And I, we do judge. And like I said, you may not like Tiger the person and what he did. I get it. I understand that. But you have to respect what he did as a player and what he has done for the game. So, I mean, look, was he the best uh, father at one time? Maybe not. Is he working on it? I hope so. Is he a great player? You better believe he is. Yeah. And it was a, a great story and it had a lot of people tuned in. A lot of people followed it, and that's what we like in sports is we like to see players bounce back from adversity, persevere, and ultimately get back on top. So I think that's why a lot of people were thrilled to watch Tiger Woods yesterday. It was. I wish it could be every weekend. Hopefully it will be uh, this summer and more of the majors. But when we come back, action was on Sunday night. I don't know if Rona saw it. I know we talk about it on Mondays. It's, it's gripping TV for me. We're going to discuss what it's all about. We'll return right after this. Made Sailors is the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212-299-5170 to book now. That's 212-299-5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to MadeSailors.com. That's MadeSailors.com. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-961-3631 Fantasy Sports Today Eloy Jimenez, I mean a lot of people talk about Vlad Guerrero and he's going to be a great player but if I was in a dynasty league I think I'd rather have uh, Jimenez over Guerrero. Just when you look at but you look at Guerrero's body type and to yeah. me he looks like eventually he might eventually turn into maybe a, a DH, a, a tremendous hitting DH. But Eloy Jimenez, uh, Jimenez seems to have, uh, you know, all the tools. Saturdays, 8 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. All right, we're back. We're Scout Fantasy Sports. I'm Dr. Roto along with Adam Ronis. And remember, what we want you to do is go to ScoutDFS.com. That's ScoutDFS.com. Can I tell you, Ronis, how hot Steve Renner's been? He gave, Friday night, I read his Dongers article. Dude, I cashed big time on Friday. 
Yeah, and all those guys have been killing it over there, and uh, that's why you need to head on over and read those articles. And as I've said, the one thing that I really like is it's really condensed down. It's not giving you 75 names, and you're trying to filter through and try and figure out who to start. They're real condensed articles that say, here are the guys I like. Use them. All right, so that's um, scoutdfs.com. Check that out. All right, so action, Ronis. I find that was it was a really great show. I know it was only four episodes, but but I loved it because I thought it really it was judgmental in a I don't want to say I think it was a I think it was judgmental, but not in a heavy-handed way. Like I think it obviously showed you what's going to happen. Like when you look at the sports books, the people they focused in on, the the people they shot. I mean, it was a little depressing, but at the same time, there was a lot of truth to it. Yeah, no, I thought it was a good show, too. It you know got behind the scenes and showed you what it's like in the life of someone who gambles a bit and spending time at the sports book and just kind of how the whole concept works. And, you know, I thought it was funny. <laughs> One of the things that stood out was maybe because we followed it, but when uh, that Vegas Dave guy was like, uh, people didn't know, but the Rams opened as a one-point favorite. But I knew that. I'm like, what? Everyone knew that. That was public knowledge. I he mean, <laughs> like we talked about that, and I know we follow this closely. We talk about lines. But, like, anyone who had access to any information, if you were following the line right after the Super Bowl, you knew that. It was just like, really? Uh, okay. Well, I thought was interesting was every player in Vegas, Kelly, Vegas Dave, they all, all the, the sharps, they were betting on the Rams because the Rams were a favorite and then, it, and then it moved because the line moved. But all the regular money was on the Patriots. It was crazy because yeah, I, was stupid. I, I learned my lesson, okay? I, I was against the Patriots with the Chargers. Yeah, no. I was against them with the Chiefs. I said, you know what? I'm done. I'm not betting against Brady and Belichick against McVay and Goff. Sorry, not happening. I'm taking the Patriots. And yes, they didn't blow them out, but they covered. And to hold the Rams offense and check like they did it was just I mean it was not a well-played Super Bowl that's the one thing too I almost forgot how bad it was when they were showing like the first half and how yeah. no one was excited then I had a flashback I was like oh yeah you know what I it was, was terrible it was the worst game ever remember the, the picture of those guys sleeping in, in the sports book yeah it was so bad I mean I just remember I think I had the first quarter box I was like oh okay yeah I did win something but it was a bad game it wasn't entertaining at all and that's what's also crazy is that was, you know, you, if you would have said, hey, these are the numbers Brady is going to have. Oh, yeah, Rams will win. And they didn't. So, yeah, I was surprised, too. Just a lot of the money went towards the Rams with a lot of those guys. But, hey, it also goes to show even I don't know if they're the sharpest people. They make it seem like they are. But even the people who spend a lot of money and bet a lot, they're not going to get everything right. It's well, impossible. The sharp guy was that Dave Halpern guy who had the Rams bet, and then he hedged on the, on the, on the Patriots. Right. That was smart. That was right. smart. Yeah, the, well, the Rams preseason, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to at that point. Right. You had to do that. I just felt a couple of things. If, there's any, if there was any remote doubt in my mind that Vegas Dave was guilty before, he's 100% guilty. I think that guy absolutely t took uh, changed social security numbers to get more play. There's no question in my mind that guy did that. None. He is not very well liked on Twitter. I can tell you that. Everyone's bashing him. That's like one thing that has united everyone is the uh, hate of him. And, you know, he kind of puts it on himself with his, with his attitude. Well, that was the other thing is 
you know, don't act like you understand this game and you know it better than other people. I didn't see him doing anything there that you and I couldn't do. Whereas I think Krakenbauer, that guy had like uh, algorithms and a hundred things going on with points and with, with computers. That was way more technical than I, than I can get at him. Right. I didn't see, I mean, maybe they didn't want to show it, but what did he do that says, okay, this guy has an edge. There's nothing there. All he did is get a reputation and, you know, I don't mean to diss a lot of people, but, you know, the average person is just not that sharp. And with gambling, gamblers have problems, man. And I've seen this now. I didn't know where I was aware how bad it is. People will spend money if they think they're getting an edge from something. And a lot of it is psychological and selling. And that's what he does. And he had said it in the second or third episode. He's like, it's all about image where – are you going to go get picks from a guy who's driving a regular car, living in a basement, or are you going to go with me with a $300,000 watch and I'm in Mexico and look at the background? You're going to psychologically, the person who cannot think for themselves or gets susceptible to things says, wow, look at this guy living this life. He's done it with these picks. Yeah, I'm going to give you $500. What are the picks? But, you know, the, the thing that we lose out on is, the, and, and not just every gambler, but the people, people who play, maybe they're down to the last thousand bucks and they're trusting this guy, right? Vegas Dave is going to give you his whale pick because he knows more than anybody, right? Because he's got the fancy car and the fancy watch and the fancy house. And then the play fails and he goes, ah, all right, I'm on to the next one. And you just lost your rent money for the, for the month, Ronus. I mean, he doesn't care. He does not care. And that whole thing that he's giving a free year to next year's people... Good, good for you. I mean, that's the least you can do when you when these people lose. Yeah, I mean, I was that, but that also goes to show how confident he was because you wouldn't really do that because, you know, he's charging like per week, so that's a lot of money he's losing. But that's if those people want to stick. As far as the rep money thing, I think that's ultimately on that person individually. I mean, you can't believe everything you say, and maybe you. The thing is, you're probably with him maybe three, four weeks, and. You're winning most weeks, so you think it's going to continue. But realistically, no one ever has every pick. I mean, we're pretty transparent at Vegas Whispers. Everything is there. You're going to get wins, but you're going to lose too. And right. I think a lot of people are just not transparent enough. Like everyone who's touting, oh, look at it, look at this. We won this. We won that. Okay, you, you got to show the losses too if you want to be real because no one is 100%. No one but is But that's 80%. fantasy too. Don't you remember in fantasy we call a play and then uh, on some radio's channels that you know people would never would run away from their picks and we'd always own up to ours. We were right here. We were wrong there. Everybody does that though, Adam. It's like running away from poop as a dog. I know. It kind of sucks because I understand people do it because they're trying to sell memberships or you know, uh, you know they're trying to sell things. So... You're not going to sell by saying negative, but at the same time, you got to be real and be honest with people. I, I don't know. I, for me, I'd, I'd, I'd rather have that than, oh, I won this, I won that. Oh, what about the losses? You're just going to bury them? Like, be real because we know that not everyone's going to win. Right. And, and look, it's the same thing with fantasy. When you ask me who to play, you know, I'm trying to be right for you every time. I can't be right every time as much as I want to be. But, you know, look, I, I try my best to say, look, I'm sorry I made a mistake or, hey, I'm glad it worked out. You know, look, in our industry, I think, see, gambling is worse than fantasy, Adam, because I think in fantasy, you should be better than 50% right. In gambling, 52% right, you're actually doing pretty well. Yeah, uh, I think in fantasy, I think they had some, like, I guess the best experts get it right 60 to 65% of the time, and that's, like, the top end. Uh, 
And I think, though, the fantasy consumer, especially people that have been loyal to us and have been around and see the sample size of what we do, they understand. And they're okay when if something goes wrong because they've seen the track record. It's the new person who might just be signing off the first time and say we get something wrong the first time. Then they're going to be upset. Like, wait a second, I paid for this. And the first question asked and it's wrong. But the people who have been around and seen the sample size, they understand how it goes. But And I guess with gambling, too, or sports betting, it's more money being plucked down. I think well, that's, that's right, the, right. the other thing. Right, $500 could be your seasonal football league in Right, fantasy. and that could be your one bet for the <laughs> night, potentially. <laughs> right. Depending no, it's, on your it's, bankroll. It's a big difference there. Uh, so other takeaways, I, man, I did not realize, and maybe I'm being naive, I just didn't realize how much money was spent on the Super Bowl. Oh, oh, dude, you God. knew Doc. Come on. Not like that. Not not like that. Dude, you, we went over the prop bets. The coin toss. Like, did you see those degenerates no, that- betting on the <laughs> coin toss? Like, I'm sorry. Look, I'm all for the prop bets. I like them. They're interesting. The coin toss, what is the skill in that? There's yeah. no skill. At least in, you know, Todd Gurley over 103 and a half receptions. Okay, he's hurt. Look at the game logs. Look how the Patriots fare. There's research to be done there and things. The coin toss, there's nothing. What are you going on? So if there, if the last nine Super Bowls all went on tails, does that mean you go this Super Bowl tails? No. I mean, what is it, that's when you know you have a well, problem, I'll in tell my you, opinion. You know what bothered me, though? That Krakenbauer knew the color of the Gatorade. Right. See, that's digging he knew. information. <laughs> yeah, he knew. And then he was like, I know. He's, he's admitting that he knew it. That, there's got to be something wrong with that. He knew who, what, what was going on there. That's why didn't he well, get fifty thousand bucks? Because clear? you can't. You can't. The, right, that's right, the thing right. with those prop bets. Because of that, there's a limit, right? There's a limit. Yeah, and I don't know what it is. I'm sure whatever it is, he maxed it out. But I don't. <laughs> it's it's definitely not a lot at all. Because then I always wonder that too. Like the first time, I was like, wait, they can't do this. And then I looked into it. Oh, okay, there's a limit. That makes sense because you could easily like the color of. Maroon 5's pants or hat. Like, come on, that can be manipulated. If I'm the guy, I'm like, all right, guys, I'm going to wear red, all right? Put, right. <laughs> so here's money for me. Put down put down 50K on this book, 50K right. in this sport. That you, you, that's why you can't They do, do that. that, though. People, you know, that's insider trading. I know. I mean, yeah. but if you get caught, you know, you're yeah. in trouble. You end up like Martha Stewart. But, I mean, I didn't realize all – I mean, I knew the Super Bowl had bets, but I didn't realize, like, oh, my God, it, that kind of betting. I mean, I just didn't, the hundreds or hundreds of millions of dollars, it didn't dawn on me like it was that much. Yeah, and the NFL doesn't want sports betting. Get out of here. Oh, I my mean, come God. Come on. How do you put a team in Vegas and not want sports betting? They're just doing that posturing because they want to get their piece of the pie. But we all know how much. I mean, just look at the numbers that in Jersey alone. To start, I mean, remember this just became. Well, at the end, you saw that at the end, 127 million in Jersey, 219 million dollars in Vegas. Yeah, the gap is a lot closer than you would think, man. It's it's pretty big out here, man. But when you see the pictures of that ocean hotel in New Jersey, and you see what's next to it, Atlantic City is disgusting. Yeah, I'm sure they're gonna try and build it up, though. Uh, I haven't been to the DraftKings sportsbook yet. The FanDuel one is right by MetLife, and I am not far from it. And I still haven't gone. I need to check it out, but. I'm sure they'll do things to kind of help build it up, especially if it's going to generate a lot of revenue. See, but Vegas to me is just, it's, that's all it is, but it's built up. It doesn't seem sketchy. AC is very sketchy, Ronis. Yeah, um, that is one of the things, and I'm interested to see what they do. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other takeaways that I got from the show. You know, I do worry about one thing, though. You know, what if the NFL ever got a point-shaving thing 
that would be scary. Like because the NFL, man, you, I don't know whether who would watch that, who would know about that, who would who would check on that. But I, I don't. Maybe I should be worrying about that in all sports. I mean, especially after Tim Donaghy. But I think the NFL is very worried about their product that way because if anything came out that we and we lost public trust in the NFL, they'd be done. Yeah, I think. The biggest thing is that the players make so much money. So I think it would be difficult to influence. Now, you could say, what about the players in the lesser end? But how much of an impact do they have on the game? Are they going to be in there in a critical point? Maybe Todd Gurley had, uh, the, was it the Packers they played? Maybe he had the Packers when he knelt down. Right. I mean, but I don't, I don't <laughs> think that, that happened. I know. I doubt it. Too, I don't but... think that happened. But so you're saying that because Russell Wilson makes 16 mil a year, he doesn't need to take money yeah. from gamblers. Yeah. I mean, unless he's got a gambling issue that we don't know about, like Michael Jordan on the side and he's in debt to, you know, the illegal bookies, then maybe he needs it. But yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, back in the days, I mean, these guys weren't making money. They had second jobs. I think now so many guys are making so much money and the repercussions, if they ever were involved, would just be ridiculous so i mean you can never rule it out you can never rule it out you can't put anything past people and with so much money on the line you never know but that would be that is one of the concerns i was also very upset there's eight states with gambling and another 31 at florida is not one of those 30 ronas i was very upset about that i need to be dealing with DraftKings and fanduel yeah i guess you're gonna have to drive up to uh jacksonville and then be on the border and then put in your bets so and then leave. Far. That's too far. <laughs> that's not an hour, dude. For me, that's like six hours. All right. Well, whenever. I don't know. I'm going to have to call my friend Adam in New Jersey and make some bets for me. I don't know. But that's, yeah, uh, yeah that's crazy. That, that's, that's, yeah, that's one of the good things about Jersey being the first is, uh, you know, the ability now to just kind of go on your phone. And then they also talked about how the next generation of sports betting, which I do think is going to happen, where people are going to be able to predict the next play and you can bet on, is it going to be a run? Is it going to be a pass? Who's going to get the next bucket? I think we're going that way too, where it's just going to become even more. Oh, all done on you. How could you do that fast enough though? That was, I had brought that up. I was having this conversation with someone because remember a lot of times with TVs, there's a delay. And I think right. that's the one thing that I want to know how they're going to figure this out. Now, the play on the field is obviously a little bit ahead of the TV, if you're doing it on mobile and following on a TV, you might run into the problem where you're about to place the bet and it freezes. Because I've tried to do that sometimes with the live betting. I'm like, oh, I want to get, oh, it's plus 500 now. Oh, I think they're going to come, like Golden State. Oh, they're going to come back and win. And I go to place the bet and it'll freeze and say recalculating or they're, Ooh, they, yeah. you know, because maybe a basket just happened and now the odds change again. So that is the one thing that I thought about that is going to be a little complex, I think, uh, with with a lot of people watching on TV because there's always a delay. I mean, I'll be on the phone I'll be or on a radio show with you or other people, and they'll be like, oh, you're ahead of me. Or the well, yeah. Well, that ha if you and I watch the same game because I have DirecTV down here, and let's say you have DirecTV oh, so up you, in yeah. you, I could, you could be ahead or I could be ahead. I know that my, I used to have one friend. He used to scream at him like, what? And then I'd see this play like a second later. I'm like, come right. on, please. And that would happen right. to me, and people get mad at me. They're like, damn. I'm like, oh, man, it's gone. They're like, what? Like, oh, wait, I just saw it now. <laughs> right. So that right. was the one thing that I thought about immediately with the live in-game betting, and that's going to be something that has to I be I don't solved. think they could do that. I don't know if that's solvable. I don't know if that's solvable. It'll just, or maybe you just won't be able to do it in like when you put it in and say, okay, I think the next pitch is going to be uh, a strike, and then you go hit it, and it might not let you do it because it either already happened or the pitcher is about to wind up. So yeah, that's going to be the one issue. How can I do the next pitch as a strike? It's just too fast. 
Uh, I think football, you can do it. There's enough time predicting a run, a pass, that, look, if they can generate revenue, they'll find oh, a way. And right. they're, the one thing is, they are a, you know this, there are a ton of degenerates in gambling. They will gamble on anything. And I know. while we do endorse it, and you got to be careful. Like, don't just... I just love when we all Be started this business. Don't say this is gambling. Don't use this word. And now we're all embracing it. We're like making a, the the FSTA is now FSGA, you know, the Fantasy Sports Gaming Association. I mean, Association. I, still, I still think fantasy is a game of skill. Is there luck? Sure. But like the whole Joe Namath thing, when they had, like you don't know anything about it and you're going to comment just because you put money in. I like, like more often than not, we profit every year. So is that luck or skill? I think it's skill. No, but luck. no, but there is luck. Look, there's luck. There is. There's luck in everything, Doc. Right. No, no, and, but and, look, there's skill in fantasy for sure. Right. There's skill there in is. DFS. There's skill in seasonal. But there is luck. If I have Juju Smith-Schuster and he's on my team and he goes four for 60 or if he goes eight for 80 and two touchdowns, I mean, how is that skill on my part? No, definitely. But there's definitely a big skill factor to me right. in fantasy as opposed to sports gambling. Look, the bottom line is this. The best players tend to win in anything they do. True? And the guys who suck tend to suck over and over. Yeah. I mean, we've seen it. That You see a lot of the same leaderboard names among uh, at the top and uh, because they have a skill and they're able to use it well. So I do think there's a lot of skill in Daily Fantasy. And uh, yes, there's some luck involved for sure. You need for things sure. to break your way. All right, speaking of DFS, we'll take a look at the night slate in Major League Baseball when we return right after this. If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be, so we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't take shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from cargo liners to cleaning and detailing supplies to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1-800-CARMATS. WeatherTech.com, proudly made in America. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally... I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Keith Irizarry is calling the shots. If he could, if he could choose any person to speak for three hours and him just sit and listen, it would be Morgan Freeman. It's not a bad one. I, I wouldn't mind listening to Morgan Freeman. Now, I, I wonder how long until he kind of puts you to sleep, not because of boredom, but because of the, the tone of his voice, the soothing nature, uh, potentially, of the opportunity. Who could I listen to talk for three hours? Andy Samberg. Let's start a competition. Get Andy Samberg Weekdays, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. 
All right, guys, I want you to take your tax refund, take that refund, and swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball with DailyRoto.com. Become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer to use $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament or become one of the countless number of people who have won thousands using thousands of dollars. So if you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you are doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount, and you'll get lineup alerts, projected ownership percentages, weather updates, fantasy projections that use the same. And we use the Daily Roto lineup optimizers that have produced millions in DFS winnings. That's a 2019 MLB Daily Roto premium package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. Ronas, please tell me that you did your taxes. Yes, I did. Okay, just checking. What are you going to you're going to take your refund into Daily Roto. Uh, I'm not really getting much of a refund, man. <laughs> I hear you. I hear that. All right. Let's get to our lineups tonight, Ronis. Uh, I'd lo- Can you believe that the Red Sox lost today and Chris Davis hit a home run? Yeah, it's crazy right now. Red Sox struggling at 6-11, and 11 and uh, their Orioles actually have a better record than them. Yankees are struggling as well. Obviously, Yankees have a ton of injuries right now, so... Uh, Tampa Bay uh, on top there in the AL East, and I, I think they're a good team. I thought so the whole time, but they're twelve and four, and uh, already got a five and a half game lead. And they have a very good bullpen: Diego Castillo, Wilmer Font, uh, Jalen Beeks, and Jose Alvarado. It's a very good bullpen, Ronis, which the Red Sox are severely lacking. Well, I think Barnes and uh, Brazier have been fine. It's uh, the rest of the pen, and their starters obviously have done nothing. I mean, they got a good start from David Price yesterday. Chris Sale was actually supposed to go today. They wanted to give him an extra day, and they pushed everyone back. So instead of Sale getting the Orioles at home, he'll be pitching against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. All right, let's get this the tonight's slate. Mets against the Phillies. Noah Syndergaard against Aaron Nola. Uh, it's a 7.5. I think I'm staying away tonight. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, Syndergaard was good his last outing, but in Philly against that lineup, it's kind of tough. Nola has not been good so far this year, uh, and his price is lower than you would expect. But, yeah, I don't think this is a game you probably want to go with either pitcher. All right, Cubs against the Marlins. You Darvish against Trevor Richards. Chicago's favored, but, man, I don't like you Darvish. I don't know if I like this game. Yeah, I would I would not go with you, Darvish. I know people are going to see the Marlins and say, oh, and just Darvish has not been good yet. He was better his last start because he didn't walk anyone, but he still wasn't out there dominating. So I, I, I need to see more from Darvish before I invest any money in him. So I wouldn't be using him. But, the, I mean, the Marlins lineup I know isn't very good. I just I don't trust him. Okay, Toronto against Minnesota, Matt Shoemaker against Martin Perez. I think I may be – I don't know, Ronis. I'm either in on Schumacher or I'm worried that this could be a game he implodes. Which one are you in? Uh, a little worried. He's been good. The splitter has been really working effectively. He's throwing it more. But I, I like this Minnesota lineup. I don't think this is a team you want to pick on. Uh, so season long, I'm okay with Shoemaker, but DFS, uh, I don't think so. I think if you really want to save money, Perez is interesting. His velocity's up. I still don't fully trust him, but it is uh, a start against a, a bad offense in Toronto who just sent Gurriel down. He was doing nothing. They called up Eric Solgard. So I, I think he's 64 on DK. I don't know if you need to go that low tonight. Uh, I still haven't like 
done it, looked at everything completely, but I think he's an interesting play in his first start of the year. But the command out of the bullpen has been terrible, so that's the only risk for me. But his velocity was up in the spring. Well, it's interesting. The Blue Jay lineup, it's righty, 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 and then there's a bunch of lefties. So if he can get past Jansen, he should be fine with the second half of that lineup. But Drury, Grichuk, Teoscar, Smoke, Jansen, he could let up a couple of dongs there, Perez. I'm a little worried. Yeah, I mean, Drury's done nothing. I mean, these guys are just capable, though, of striking out a, a ton, too. So That's true. It's just not a good lineup right now. All right, St. Louis against the Brewers. Dakota Hudson, who I don't trust at all, against Freddie Peralta, who I occasionally trust. Is this a Peralta night? Do you like Hudson? What do you like here? Peralta's the toughest guy to figure out. He can either go out there and strike out 10 over six scoreless innings, or he'll give up five in the first and then, you know, get pulled in the third or fourth. I mean, that's basically what we've seen this year. And he's already faced St. Louis this year. Uh, to open the season, and he went three innings. So uh, I just cannot trust him. Uh, to me, he's more of like you have multiple lineups in, in a GPP, you, but you know putting him in that he might not last past the third inning. Uh, I'm rolling the dice on him in some leagues in a two-star week, and I don't feel great about it, but he's just so hit or miss. He's just, uh, just too reliant on, on the fastball. What about a Brewers stack tonight against Hudson? Yeah, I'm, I don't like Dakota Hudson. Everyone got excited about him before the year. He doesn't miss enough bats. Yeah, uh, the Brewers are home uh, where they're much better. Uh, sure, I definitely think the Brewers stack is in play tonight. Yeah, okay. I, that's, I, I think so. I think that's my, uh, my, my move tonight. Okay, Angels against Texas. Trevor Cahill against Shelby Miller. I normally despise Shelby Miller. I think I like the Angels, and I like... I like an angel stacked. I think I like an angel stacked tonight. Yeah, that's not often you say that. The Angels are slight favorites. Shelby Miller obviously has not been good. It's in Texas. Uh, I think Kale's not a bad pitcher, but I don't love this spot for DFS it's in Texas. Right. But I wouldn't be surprised if he pitched well. The over-under is 10.5. What are you going to do, though, if Trout, Trout is out? You still going to roll with them? Yeah, I just don't think Miller's that good. I mean, maybe – do you think he's – it's my contrarian stack of the night. Do you think I can get LaCroix and Bauer and Simmons and, and just work it like that if I do like a high pitcher stack, you know, with a high pitcher? Oh, yeah. Those bats shouldn't be expensive. So, yeah, you definitely can do that. Right. All right. Royals against the White Sox. Heath Filthmeyer against uh, Irvin Santana. Man, I don't – both these pitchers suck. But I think the, both teams are hitting okay. I don't know. It's a, it's nine and a half. It's a lot of runs in this game, Rose. Yeah, I think there's some bats that you can go to here. Montessi's been on fire with Merrifield for the Royals. Uh, Moncada's off to a good start. So, yeah, I mean, this would be a game where I'm looking for bats. Uh, just not, not going to go with either pitcher. Would you stack Royals or would you stack White Sox? Uh, I don't think I'd stack either team. I just pick a couple bats here and there okay all right this is an interesting one for me cleveland against seattle i've had success Ronas, this year where i have faded like i faded carrasco the other night because i didn't like him here i'm thinking of, of fading bauer i know that's at my own risk but i think coochie could have a good night because this this indian team is terrible can't hit at all and kikuchi is bound to have a good start isn't he I don't know, because he doesn't miss enough bats. So that's my biggest concern. And, and Cleveland's actually been decent lately, uh, putting up some runs. Uh, again, they're still a team you want to pick on. 
for sure. Uh, but yeah, I could see going Kikuchi tonight. I mean, he's kind of he's been okay. He, uh, he, he the defense has not played well behind him, and that's the one problem. The Mariners' defense mm. is terrible, man. Terrible. It's not good at all. So that's not going to help a pitcher because it doesn't always reflect in an error. There might be a ball that a guy should have gotten to. It falls in, and now that extends the inning, and now he's got to throw more pitches. But it doesn't go on the board as an unarmed run or an error. So, yeah, I mean, they are they're such a bad offense, the Indians and. Uh, they do strike out a lot. So I, I do think Kikuchi's in play tonight, that it, it, he is kind of bound to have that really good start. And if there's any spot where he could have it, it is against the Indians. Indians at home, right? And this game is a seven. It's a seven-run total. Yeah, and we don't see many of those anymore. <laughs> right, exactly. It's usually seven in the first inning. All right, Cincinnati against the Dodgers. Clayton Kershaw's back against Luis Castillo. I love Luis Castillo, but my question is about Kershaw. How many innings can he go tonight? I think maybe five. I don't think he goes more than that. Yeah, five to six. I'm sure they're going to be very cautious with him. I would not use him tonight. Can you use Castillo or are the Dodgers too too tough against the uh, righties? Uh, Dodgers have been on fire, man. They got those left-hand bats. You got Jock Peterson. You got Bellinger. Uh, I, think it's always, I, I, I think it's okay using him. I don't think a lot of people are going to go to him. To Castillo. Yeah, I just yeah because don't. you're not going to go to him because Kershaw's there too, right? Right, and the Dodgers are favorite. I think Castillo's a little sneaky. He's been tremendous this year. I mean, I look. Do you feel good going against these Dodger bats? No way. No. But I mean, mm-hmm. Bellinger is just crushed it right now. Jock Peterson. So they got some really good left-handed bats, but uh, I think Castillo's a little sneaky tonight. All right, Colorado against San Diego. Senzatella against Joey Lucchesi. I kind of like the Padres tonight. I like Lucchese in general. It's a seven and a half, but the Padres are favored by a minus 170. Yeah, I think Lucchese's in a good spot. I know he's a little bit pricey. You don't think of him as a guy you want to pay that much for, but he's been better. He really had one bad start. He's been getting the strikeouts, walks are down. Rockies have been terrible on the road. I know they won yesterday, but they just have been brutal on the road. And I think that's what people are forgetting in season long. You know, the Rockies have played hardly any games at home. They have five games played at home. So those bats will get going. It's just been a terrible start to the season for them. They face some good pitching. But, yeah, this is a spot where you just don't expect the Rockies to put up runs. And their lineup is a little bit depleted right now with some of the injuries they have. It's just not the same. You know, Tappy has been given opportunity. He's done nothing with it. All right. So if you're on FanDuel and you can start one putt pitcher, who are you starting? And if you're on DraftKings and you have to start two, who are you starting? In a tournament? Yeah. Well, yeah, always tournament. Uh, I think on FanDuel, I would go with Lucchese. All right. And DK? Castillo Lucchese? Perez Lucchese? Kikuchi? Yeah, I think you can throw Kikuchi in there. Little Kikuchi Lucchese? Yeah, I, I think Bauer's not crazy either. I know people are going to be like Seattle's offense, but I could see Bauer especially coming off a bad outing, going out there and striking out 12. The Mariners strike out a, a lot. How much is Bauer? I didn't see. Have you seen? I didn't see, but I'm sure oh. he's like I'm sure he's like at least 10K. One moment, please. Please hold. All right, let's see. Ooh, $5. For, you know I'm going to be in this one, Ronis. With 300,000 of my closest friends. Oh, there All you right. go. Bauer is 10,400. Syndergaard is 10,000. Noel is 9,600. Castillo is 9,500. Lucchese is 9,000. 
Kikuchi is 7,700. Your boy Martin Perez is 6,400. That's on DK, right? Yeah. Yeah. You want to know FanDuel? No. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Kikuchi's one of them, Lucchese, and I would consider Bauer, Castillo. Perez would be if I was trying to save money on my SP2. Bauer's going to be tough with that 10,400. That's going to be hard. It is going to be. It's... it's uh, well, let's D- DK's pricing has been very tough this year. Been it, very really it really has. It really has, has, man. You've got to find the two. I mean, I've I've had like two or three really good successful nights so far, and both nights I've had two pitchers in the nine thousand and less range, and they both like I had. Uh, oh, I had uh, Brad Keller and Eduardo Rodriguez on Friday night. I had to be low like that. You got to find two guys like that. That's the only way to win. I think that's what's happening right now. Uh, that's what the pattern looks like is you're trying to find these cheap arms just because a lot of the – I mean, look, Scherzer the other day was good, not dominant, 7Ks. DeGrom has had two shaky starts. Clover's been terrible. I think that's why a lot of the guys that you've paid up for have really not delivered those performances. So with the offense being up, you're better off, all right, let me find two pitchers that hopefully can pitch well and, and get a win and not crush me. FanDuel has been a little easier, but Bauer tonight is 11,200. I can get Lucchese for 8,200. I can get Kikuchi for 77, but if I can get Lucchese for 3,000 less than Bauer, that's an offensive player right there. I think you do, and it's the, the matchup is very appealing. And look, Colorado could go out there and, and score. They got some big right-handed bats, but based on what you've seen so far, they just haven't been able to get it done. I mean, four runs yesterday. I know Arenado finally hit his first home run, but they have just looked like one of the worst offensive teams in baseball. you got to get pitchers who strike out, though, Adam. You can live with five innings pitched if they get you eight strikeouts. It's when they go five innings to get you two strikeouts, they put up eight points, and you're done. There's no money you're going to make. Yeah, but that's that's why Bauer's still appealing, because even if he doesn't have a good start, he's got a good shot to strike out ten. No, it's true. I have a big week. I don't know if I told you about this, Ronis. Do you remember that night that I killed it a few uh, weeks ago? I have a ticket on tomorrow on FanDuel and a ticket on Friday on FanDuel for some uh, a big entry tickets. Oh, for tomorrow and Friday? Okay. Yeah. I could be your rich friend this week. Yeah, I think I think on FanDuel I'd probably go Lucchese. Yeah, I'm thinking that. I I'm think gonna... the strikeouts are going to be there. The salary that you save, uh, he'd be the guy that I lean to, I think, on FanDuel. Right, I, I agree with that. DraftKings, man, it's it's tough. And, and you know, it's funny. I like it tough. I prefer tough than easy because easy, everybody can can do well. Here, I want to be able to have to find that that tough stack. Yeah, and uh, you know, you probably can get your Bauer play if you want to use him on DK. I don't know how much you're in love with him with your Angel stack because Angel's going to be cheap. You know, well, that's what I do. I usually I told you that I'll have one expensive team with a top pitcher with a cheaper stack and if that like i did that yesterday it didn't pay off but the but the the concept was good i had charlie morton and kluber with a, with an Orioles stack now i know that's contrarian but if the orioles hit i could do well right and kluber was terrible oh terrible but right if i can if i can go bauer with the angels that that could be successful right yeah it could work although i think the uh, prices i mean boris four simmons is 39 Calhoun's thirty eight. That's and cheap. Anything less, anything less than four thousand is good. And Draft Trout is just insane. We just Ex- don't know if they're going to play. No, I know, but I mean, do you ever see sometimes on on DK where a marginal player will be like forty eight hundred dollars? Oh, the the first Tappy his first night when he when um 
Dahl went down, he was like forty six. Yeah. And Coors, Pete Alonso like, Pete Alonso's forty eight hundred dollars tonight. Yeah. I mean they they they're, they're quick with that adjustment. I mean, it's kind of fair though, right? I mean otherwise everyone's gonna use it. I mean, I know it's against Nola, so that means no one's I don't know. I don't think it'll be I don't think a lot of people will use him. People will see Nola. They'll go I'm just saying you can't find guys under like a certain number, like under let's say thirty six hundred. It's hard to find a, per- a person. I'll give you one for tonight, Brian Anderson, twenty nine hundred. He's been on fire for the Marlins. All right, you got to. I know it's against Darvish, but I mean, it, are we scared of Darvish? Marlins stack, Ronas. Uh, hey, hey could we, that's <laughs> contrarian, bro. I don't think anyone has ever uttered those words this year. <laughs> Nor should they. Nor should they. I mean, it took them 14 <laughs> innings yesterday, and they still could only get one run. Well, look, the problem is, you know why you can't stack Marlins? Because even on a big offensive night, they put up four runs. Right. They suck. How many of them are going deep? I mean, Stalin Cash is your cleanup hitter. The last right. time I said that, though, he had two home runs against the Mets, so I got to be careful. <laughs> but when you want to stack, I need seven to eight runs. That's how you become my rich friend. Yeah, which is why uh, you won't be using the Marlins stack that often. I know. All right. Who's coming up at hour number two, Adam? Uh, no one. I'll be solo. All right. What are we talking about? Uh, we'll talk about some of the big stories in baseball this weekend. Take a look at Fab and some of the uh, NFBC leagues and uh, give out lineups for the day for the upcoming slate for tonight. All right. Can you text me Can you text me those when you come up with yours? Oh, I'm not giving out lineups for DFS. <laughs> oh, I'm giving the batting orders. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to give out lineups. <laughs> All right, guys. This is Dr. Roto saying be well. Take care. Stay tuned for hour number two right after this.